Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. I've been enjoying this early spring that's blessed us with blooming trees and green grass at a time when we expect to still be searching for buds and signs of new life. By this time in Lent, surrounded by images of barrenness, usually I'm pretty impatient to go ahead and get to that triumphant walk of Palm Sunday and get through the events of Holy Week so that new life and joy can be ours again. But this year's Lent has been a little bit different. In our time here at St. Anne's, we've been exploring new images, not so much of sin and death and repentance, but of healing and transformation and hope. This Lent, we've been empowered to lift high the cross and find joy in the love that was poured out for us that has brought us new life. Rather than avoid the notion of loss, we've embraced it and its purpose in making space within us to create fertile ground for rebirth. So as I look out my window, it's feeling rather congruent to see the fullness of life <clears throat> even in the shadow of the cross. Today's Old Testament lesson taken from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, centered in a time where the people of Jerusalem had just gone through the destruction of their city and they were exiled to Babylon. This portion of the book is called the Book of Comfort or Consolation because Jeremiah departed from his usual rants of judgment and laments to provide a vision of hope and restoration for his people. Jeremiah spoke to a divided kingdom that had been dispersed and that had lost their faith. His prophecy was of a new covenant from God where the law of love would be written not on tablets of stone, but on their hearts. This was a lavish promise that God would bring nearness and intimacy and renewal to a desperate people. The covenant pledged to transform them from the inside out, not just their circumstances, but their hearts. These teachings that were external, that one could reject and put aside, would now be within them, intrinsic to the very fabric of who they were, the fabric of their being. Jeremiah never lost sight of God's plan to renew and rebuild and plant anew, even in the most barren places. God's grace is offered as a gift to change loss into new life. 
And we receive these same images of transformation in our gospel reading today from John, where Jesus says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus echoes Jeremiah's already but not yet promise of death giving way into new life. And in an act of self-giving love engraves upon our hearts the story we carry of our redemption. When I was little, I used to say a prayer before bed. I'm sure you know it. Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Now most of us probably know this dismal bedtime prayer. (laughs) Not sure how children started to say that one. But we know it because we learned it by heart. Learning something by heart gives us the freedom to embody it to let it take shape in us, to form us, to create an identity in us. And if God promises life dwelling in our hearts, this shapes and forms our identity for the capacity for faithfulness and love, even in the midst of our own darkness. Only a little girl Somehow, I knew about God's care for me. It was etched in my soul. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. I'm also reminded of the time I spent at the Goodwin House, working with seniors during my clinical pastoral education unit. I had the opportunity to be on the wing designated for the residents with Alzheimer's. Even though short-term memory escaped many of them, there were songs and prayers that always pulled them right into the present. Like the song, I Come to the Garden, or the 23rd Psalm, an indelible image of a faithful God that walks beside them, even in the shadow of death, was easily recalled for them. Despite loss and maybe even confusion sometimes, God's promises were written on their hearts. A Norwegian poet once wrote, To love a person is to learn the song of their heart and to sing it to them when they have forgotten. We long to hear words of hope when we're weary and broken, and it doesn't take very long for us to look around and see the many ways in which we break covenants with each other. Loving things and using people lead us away from our own heart and from the very heart of God. But forgiveness is central to this passage and central to our own renewal. And it's the hardest thing for us to do. 
to forgive one another. For some, it might just be like dying to forgive. But forgiveness allows us to let go of the things that enslave us, making room for God to do a new thing. So when our circumstances look bleak, or maybe it's just that our relationship with God has become intermittent, knowing that God will take the initiative for our healing and our wholeness, that becomes our consolation, our saving grace. With this grace, as a community of fellow sojourners, we can become a sacrament, an outward sign of God's love to the world. Knowing God by heart invites this grateful response. During Lent, I've been reading a book. It's called Still, written by Lauren Winner. She's a colleague of mine, and she sent these to us with a note just to say for your Lenten reading. So I picked it up. It's a compelling book, compellingly honest, on the life of faith in the midst of estrangement from God in the midst of fear and loss. Faith unraveling, Lauren gives a testimony to the constancy of God despite her own desolation. She writes, the enthusiasm of my conversion has worn off. My sense of God's closeness has grown strained my efforts at living in accord with what I think to be the call of the gospel has come undone. And yet, in these same moments of not knowing where or if God is, it has also seemed that the Christian story keeps explaining who and where I am better than any other story I know. On the days when I think I have a fighting chance at redemption, at change, I understand these words, these rituals, these people who will change me. Some days I'm not sure if my faith is riddled with doubts or whether graciously my doubt is riddled with faith. I'm uncertain, I'm restless, prone to wander and yet glimmers of the holy keep interrupting my gaze. Clearly, God has written on Lauren's heart. God's spirit has been poured out into our hearts so that we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And in the times we can't see the signs of life, the Christ in others reminds us of what dwells within us profoundly. To know God intellectually is not enough. When we know God from our heart, that empowers us to embody our faith. What is written on your heart?
What inspires you to look for the song in others? What can you forgive and let die to make room for God's new thing? Deep in Lent, we're facing the shadows of the coming cross. And my friends, there is no path around the darkness. We have to walk through it. If we embrace the promise that God will renew us and live the hope of the resurrection in our bodies, the shape of our lives will look like a grateful response. What remains to be seen is if our actions will reflect this love that has been embodied, and if the signs of life in us will inspire hope to a world that is still looking for the buds. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. Amen. Now will you please stand and affirm your faith as I affirm mine in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe, we believe in, in one, one God, God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things.